Thank you for listening to Calvary Aurora's weekly Bible study. We pray as you study through God's Word that you're blessed by God's abounding grace. I am JJ, as Pastor Ed said, and and um, and in preparing for tonight, it's just it's I'm excited to be able to share the word with you guys. And um, this this sentence is we get to we get to, and that's really what the Lord has impressed uh, on my heart. You know, just even walking in and just seeing the tables here, seeing the flags downstairs. Just we get to do that, and here we are in Aurora, Colorado. And we are part of a body that has, we're fellowshipping with people all across the globe. And we get to do that. Uh, and then the, the, the local ministries with Jeff Price. You know, if you haven't been out to serve with Jeff, do it. Go for it. You, if you want cross-cultural ministry right here on your, right here, it's, it is. When you walk into those, those apartments, you are, you're in another country. Uh, it's, it's incredible. Um, and we get to do it. And so tonight as I share, uh, I am going to share my testimony, and we're going to end up in Matthew 28. We're going to end up in the Great Commission, and I'm going to share my testimony a bit to lead up to that. And if you've been here a a while, or, or if you've seen a bulletin, if you've seen a flyer, you've seen the words, when disciple send. And I want to weave my testimony through that uh, to share with you guys tonight. Because the truth is, three years ago, if you had told me that I would be a missions pastor, I would have told you you're absolutely crazy. Like, no way is that possible. Uh, But that's what the Lord does. Um, When we make ourselves available to God, uh, things happen. Um, And as I'm sharing my testimony, I want to point out something, right? We all have a testimony. And when we share that, uh, so as I share, I'm going to be sharing experiences. Uh, I'm going to be sharing uh, the fact that uh, of my sanctification, that Bible word for getting cleaned up. The Lord's growing up my family and, and, and me, and, and we get to go from that glory to glory and that faith to faith. Uh, sanctification. But here's the deal. My experience is not the point. My sanctification is not the point. The point is the cross of Jesus Christ. That's the point. The point is redemption, right? And if you're here and you don't know Jesus, or if you're on the radio or online and you're listening to my words and you don't know Jesus and you're curious about who Jesus is, I would say it like this. I would say that uh, there's a longing that you have, there's a missing that you see, and that longing that you have, the Bible speaks to that and it speaks to it in Ecclesiastes, Eternity is set in your heart. Uh, the, the Bible also says that creation groans for redemption. There's, there's something even inside of, of, of God's creation that knows perfection, that knows that there was perfection. And indeed there was, because in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created everything. And he created Adam and Eve in his image. And what did he say? It's very good. It's very good. It was perfect. They hung out in the garden with him. They got to commune with God. Uh, they hung out naked and didn't even realize it. There was no shame. And they had one, they had one deal. Don't eat of the, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That was it. Everything else is yours. Just don't do that. The Lord gave them a choice. God gave them a choice. The choice they made was to disobey God. Uh, and in doing that, they threw a wrench in the whole deal. They threw a wrench in the whole deal and... Sin enters the world. Boop. 
cosmic ripples through the whole deal. And what's crazy about it is they were already made in the image of God. And how did Satan tempt them? Satan says, God kind of really doesn't want you to be like him because if you eat of this, you'll be like God. If they'd played it out, it'd been, wait, wait a minute. We're already made in the image of God. But that's the, that's the trickery of, of, of our enemy. So they gave in and, but that's not the end of the story because immediately God goes to Eve and says, there's gonna be a man child. And when that man child comes, the serpent is going to wound him, is gonna bite his heel yet he is going to step on the head of the serpent. He's gonna step on the head of the serpent. And Jesus enters. The point is the cross. The point is the cross. And Jesus says in John 12, 31, 33, now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all peoples to myself. This he said, signifying by what death he would die. He spoke of the cross. And in that death, there is a bite to the hill. Three days later, he's resurrected and he crushes the head of the serpent, the cross. So that same cosmic ripple, the wrench, there's also the remedy. And the remedy is when, when Jesus dies, the very veil, the very separation from God is torn in two, is torn in two. And now we have access to God through Jesus Christ. And that's the point. And one last thing, just to, just cause I really want you guys to, to I wanna leave this, I, I, I really capture this. And Paul does it well in 1 Corinthians 1.17. He says, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. Then LT says, and not with clever speech for fear that the cross of Christ would lose its power. The power's in the cross, guys, right? And, and Paul, all, in all of his ministry, he's like, look, I'm gonna share with you my experience, and it's only an illustration of what Jesus did. So when disciples sin, March 2004 was my, when I was one, uh, date and, and, and I don't remember the exact day but I, and I had to look it up because I'm not one of those that, that keeps up with dates necessarily in the past past dates and I knew it was the release of the movie The Passion of the Christ and I had a friend uh, Burton and Burton was, was, was a friend of mine I worked with him and he was a Christian and I was in the space of that's good for you man you know, I was, a, I was a spiritual guy. I had uh, devotionals of Taoism next to my bed. You know, I would meditate, you know, in a Buddhist context. Uh, I was, I was, uh, the, the place that I was in in my life was all roads lead to Rome, right? That kind of thing. Uh, and so when Burton would share with me about his faith, I would listen. And that's, that's pretty much the extent of it. So he invites me to see the passion of the Christ, and I go. I had grown up in church up to about 13 years of age. And I had seen plays about Jesus and his ministry and his death, and they were cute. The passion of Christ was violent. It was violent. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I come out of that movie and I'm, I, I'm just, I'm off center. 
because I had accepted Jesus as a man and a good teacher, but all of a sudden I was having to deal with his divinity. I was having to deal with the fact that this is God. And, and in trying to rationalize it, I, I, uh, I you know, um, I called Lisa, talked to Lisa, and uh, Burton had asked me to, to visit with him to a coffee shop and uh, after the movie. And so I call Lisa, I tell her about the movie, and I'm rationalizing. And I'm going, yeah, yeah, he's kind of like William Wallace in Braveheart. You know, he's, he's, he's passionate, he's this, just still trying to make him a man. But, it, but the Lord was working on me. And I get in that coffee shop with Burton, and, and it's so cool to hear. It, there's been all this talk about the Romans road. You know, Ed's saying it, because I didn't know it at the time, but that's exactly what he took me through. He took me through the Romans road. We sit down in the coffee shop, and he's asking me, you know, hey, how, how was the movie? So I, I'm telling him. But then he, he does one simple thing. He opens up his Bible to the book of Romans. He slides it across, and he says, hey, read this. I read it. Read this. I read it. Read this. I read it. And I'm reading that, and that, that's, that's all there is. And this, was what was, this is what the Lord was working out. In 1 Thessalonians 2.13, it says, For this reason we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. And that's what the Lord was working out. The Lord was starting to work that. I'm like, wait a minute. These aren't just the words of men. I would have said, 30 minutes prior, before the movie, that's exactly what I'd have told you. Oh, those are just, that's written by man. No, 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 no. As it is in truth, the word of God. And I leave the coffee shop, and Lisa had asked me to go to the grocery store to pick up a few things. And I go into the grocery store, and right when I walk in, my whole life is coming before me. I mean, visions for my life. And prayer cloths. My mom was a big, she prays. And she would put these prayer cloths on my pictures. Lift up the pillow and there's a prayer cloth, right? And so I'm getting all these, I'm getting all these images that the Lord's just giving me. And, and um, remembering my Uncle Calvin telling me, you know, just, I, you know, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Um, it, just everything. I managed to make it to the checkout. And when I get there, I look at the magazine rack. And you know what's on the magazine rack, right? The world. And it was more than I could handle. And I, I hightail it back to the bathroom. Praise God, nobody's in the bathroom. I run into the stall, drop the lid down, and I'm just sitting down and I'm bawling. And I'm just crying. And the only words that I can say is not by my will, not by my strength, not by my will, not by my strength. And just crying. And it was really a you are here moment. It was, I'm a grain of sand on the beach, on the earth. In our solar system, in the universe, I am nothing. But with Christ, there's everything. And I got to grieve with my Lord. And I just... And we all have that. If you've been one, ever how you've been one, God uniquely ordained it just for you. That's your first love. That's when it hit. That's the moment. And the Lord knew exactly what I needed. So that I, and, and all the time I think about it, I go back to that first love like, wow. He did that. He did that. Um, so from 2004 to 2009, 2009 was the first time that I walked into the doors here. And so from, from, during that five years, we really didn't, uh, if you had talked to us about our faith, me and Lisa and our, and our faith during that time period, 
we didn't really have a church. Um, we really, we were kind of bouncing around all over the place. In that five years, we moved from Tucson to Georgia to Minnesota to Colorado, and just bouncing around. Um, but in the beginning, we did meet an older couple, uh, Jerry and Marie Goddard, and that was right in 2004. And this, this brother, was a, he was a detective, a cop. I mean, he was a protector. And he'd been walking with the Lord for 30 years. And, uh, and, and he and Marie took me and Lisa under, under their wing, and, and I'm thankful for that. Um, but we moved. <laughs> and so every time we moved, we never really got planted. And by the time I walked in these doors in 2009, I was what you would call a backslidden Christian. You know, I was, I was smoking weed. I was, I was drinking alcohol. Um, you know, I was pushing my wife away. Um, I had introduced sexual sin into our relationship, right? And, uh, and, I, and, I, and, 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 and this is in the realm of being discipled because discipleship is, is massive. It's massive. There's so many, you know what I'm talking about. And so one of the first things that I remember is I'm sitting in the back and everybody's worshiping. And they're worshiping, and I'm sitting there with judgment in my heart. Like, what's going on here? And immediately the Lord dealt with me. It was, it was, I could, I, I, it was impressed on my mind, and here's what he says. These are my people. And you know what my response was? <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Uh, and, and so much, you know, it, it just so much of how, how the Lord uses things. And um, it's captured in Acts 2.42. It's, it's those four simple things, the word, prayer, communion, and fellowship. That's what it is. Um, and, and in fact, that is so powerful. Th- those four things are so powerful uh, that this happened in Acts in chapter 4. It says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, how many of us are uneducated and untrained? Uh, and here, here they were, uneducated and untrained men. They marveled, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. Um, that's chapter 4. All of that from, in chapter 2 is those, is the, are the four simple things. Fellowship, prayer, communion, and the Word. There's so much that we get from, from, from being under good teaching, right, from our pastor. Uh, and, and a life submitted to the Lord and fulfilling their call. Um, another thing along the way uh, is I remember it was a Wednesday night like tonight, and I had Pastor Ed on a pedestal. I, I didn't know him, you know, it's, 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 but, and so I had him on this pedestal. I didn't even realize I had him on this pedestal until on this particular Wednesday night, he had to do something that's called church discipline. I'd never been part of anything like that. Service goes, and then at the end of the service, I don't remember how he said it, but he, he, he gave... He gave an out for people who wouldn't call Calvary Aurora home. And he stepped through with a brother, church discipline. And the pedestal that I had Pastor Ed on was gone. And it was gone from this sense. I went home that night and I'm like, there is no man on this planet that wants to do that. There's no man that wants to have to stand in front of a group of people and have to walk through church discipline with a brother publicly. You know what I'm saying? And that's answering the call in your life. That's doing the things that you have to do. That's representing Jesus. And so in that moment, I saw a man, I saw a life fulfilling the call that God had on his life. Um, home fellowship. Uh, you know, I remember, uh, uh, <laughs> I remember Lisa telling me, we, you know, we need to check out a home fellowship. Um, now, when she was saying that, it, that wasn't too long after that I had confessed to her the sexual sin. 
And so my fear, my fear was that, oh no, I don't want to get in an intimate environment like that because she's going to start talking to people and how am I going to handle myself? What am I going to say? Right? And I, so there was fear. And I was like, nah, you know, so it would go in one ear and it would come right, you know, go right out the other. And finally, thank God for your boldness. It was a Friday and she says, and she's getting the boys together and, and uh, as she's getting the boys together, I'm like, what are you doing? Where are you going? She's like, oh, I'm going to George and Shirley's Home Fellowship. I'm like, oh, really? Well, you're not going without me. And so and I go. And I went reluctantly, and I kept going and kept going until I looked forward to going. Um, until we started our own home fellowship. And, and that's, that's discipleship. And it's being, inter- it's being entwined, it's being put, you know, it's just, it's just, it's happening in so many ways and, and, and how gracious the Lord is and, and, and the Holy Spirit being our teacher and working all of those things out. Um, delivered from alcohol. That was part of the discipleship. I've never been a, a hard drinker. You know, I, I was one of those guys that, um, I liked a good beer. And I didn't even think to, talk to anyone about it. You know, if Pastor Ed during that time period had come over to my house, I would have offered him a beer or a glass of wine or what have you. And I'd started, we'd started in children's ministry in 2012. And it wasn't long, you know, long before we were in that ministry. And Lisa and I were out at a Chili's. And, and being out, I had ordered a beer and I was just hanging out. And this is the one image that Lord, the Lord gave me. What if a kindergartner that you teach comes up to you and says, hi, teacher JJ. That was my conviction, right? That was the conviction for me from the Lord for that. Alcohol was done. Um, next, next to go was, was the marijuana. I had, um, I had, I had done the marijuana thing on my own strength. So for a year and a half, I didn't touch it. But I would still, you know, especially in my work environment, I, I'm in construction and I would bump into people who, um, you know, hey man, you want some? No, I'm good, man. You know, I'm good. I, I'm good. I, I don't do that anymore. But it was all in my own strength. And, and even how gracious the Lord was in that. And I'll never forget it. We were in Lyons, Colorado. And where I'm working on top of the mountain, there's no, uh, there's no cell signal. So we're up there. Nobody's around, right? Uh, no cell signal. I'm not, a, you, know, we're, you know, my wife's not going to call me. None of that. And sure enough, it's lunchtime. The guys offer. You know, they offer this, and I say, nope, I don't do that. And it's lunchtime. They say, well, hey, go down, you know, will you go down and get us some lunch? Sure. The way the trucks were parked, I'm blocked in, so I hop in their truck. I hop in their truck, and I'm driving down the mountain, this dirt road, and I open up the center console, and there sits this glass pipe with marijuana in it. And for a moment, I had that temptation. I'm like, man, nobody will know. God hit me hard with this, it's between you and me. And all I could do was repent. I was just like, oh Lord, I'm just in tears. Thank you, Father, I'm so sorry. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. And I was delivered, that was it. Now, I get down the mountain when I'm in cell reception, guess what? My wife, a million text messages, phone calls. I'm like, what in the world's going on? I give her a call when I give her a call. She's been reading in Nehemiah, it's a baptism night. She says, I was just reading Nehemiah, and the Lord told me I'm getting baptized, and I want you to baptize me tonight. tonight. The Lord protected me. The Lord delivered me and protected me. Can you imagine what that conversation would have been like if I had done that? 
I would have lied. I would say, oh, I'm stuck at work. There's no, there's, there's no way I could have walked through those doors and been a part of that uh, in, in the life of my wife. And, and, and I share these things because when we um, go through Matthew, you know, we're going to break down the making of disciples, uh, um, teaching, and baptism. And the thing about, you know, the teaching piece is, is, is as we're becoming disciples of Jesus, like, why do we need to be taught? Because there's things still that need to be taught out of our lives, right? Um, uh, and, and, and then finally, another, and this has to just do with my personality. Um, I remember I was at a men's retreat, and... Uh, Pastor Ed was teaching, and he, he, he said this word. He was talking, I can't, I can't remember, but he talked about Ezra and Nehemiah. He said, Ezra is the kind of man who pulled his own beard out. And Nehemiah was the kind of man who pulled the beard from other men. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm Ezra. You know, I'm like, I'm the woe is me guy. And then I begin to look at Ezra and Nehemiah. And in looking at them, so Ezra studies, um, he prays, um, he obeys, and then he teaches. Nehemiah sees, prays, acts, right? And I'm thinking, okay, I'm more of an Ezra. And Lord, you used Ezra. Wow, he's a prophet. Like, well, you, you can use me. You know what I mean? And so, it, it just again, that way of illustration of how the Lord disciples us and, and, and grows us up. Um, and then in discipleship, the, the, the vibrancy of fellowship in the life of the church. We listen to the video of Dave. You go out and you visit with these guys at the tables. Ultimately, where we're at right now, this is safe zone. And I say that because if you go and plant in Thailand, it might just be you and your wife. So let's take advantage of what we have right here. You know, let's go for it. You know, as the Lord's calling you, I mean, you fall on your face, look who we're surrounded by. You know, go serve with Jeff. Go, it's, 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 it's a place to be trained up. And, and then... And one of the things you know, when you, when you know, that you notice with Dave, and, and this is part of when we are sent and when we go, really what we're doing is we're bringing that relationship. We're bringing that relationship that we have with Jesus so that these people can know Jesus. And uh, 2 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3, um, this is Paul. And he says, Do we begin again to command ourselves, or do we need, as some others, epistles of commendation to you or letters of commendation from you? You are epistles written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Clearly, you are an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. And another one, 1 Thessalonians 2, 10 through 12. You are witnesses in God also how devoutly and justly and blamelessly we behaved ourselves among you who believe. As you know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own children, that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. You're living life with people. And, and, and we're all doing that right now. As soon as we walk out of the doors, you're living life with your family. You're living life with your workmates. You know, you're living life in your community. And, and this is what's up. You know, is, is as a father does his own children. Um, and, and in that vibrancy, um, speaking of home fellowships, you know, that's another, um, it's another opportunity. It's another opportunity for all of us. Uh, to, you know, it, it, it is an intimate environment. People are going to know how to pray for you. You're going to learn how to suffer with people, you know. Um, you know, when your friends lose, um, lose a son um, and you know them, um, 
that vibrancy of fellowship. Um, and I, I want to share with you timeline briefly. Um, so 2009 to 2011, like I said, I walked in those doors 2009. And in 2011 was when I confessed to my wife. From 2009 to 2011, the Lord was growing us. Things were happening. Like we were growing in the Lord. But it wasn't until that confession that I realized this. And in looking at this timeline, as I was putting this together, I was just so thankful to the Lord to just see how he moves. 2009 to 2011, foundation's totally on sand. It's on sand, right? Because as 1 John says, it's, you know, walk in the light as he is in the light. And if, and if you're here and you're holding back on that, if there's something in your marriage, confess it. Maybe you're, maybe you're growing right now. In the light as he is in the light. And then, then it's the rock. Because from 2011 on, boom. 2011, mission trip to Peru. That was the first, first trip. And that's how, you know, that's how I met Dave. Um, and uh, 2000, later in 2011 was also when we first went to home fellowship. 2012 in children's ministry. Um, 2014, missions oversight. And then in September, I got to stand on the uh, stage with uh, Pastor Joshua and Pastor Keegan. You know, and and uh, the pastors laid, hand on, laid hands on us. And, um, incredible. Incredible. Because the foundation's on the rock. Uh, quick story about Dave. When I first met Dave in 2011, I, I approached him because I had a friend who was curious about missions. So I'm like, oh, wait a minute, there's this Dave guy. He's, he's the missions guy. Let me go talk to him. And so I'm talking to Dave, and Dave says, um, in the conversation, he goes, you speak Spanish? Yeah. Oh, you should go to the Peru with us. Oh, okay. And then, you know, that's Dave. And next thing you know, off I go to Peru. And that was my first mission trip. And we were tent mates, uh, which was incredible. Uh, you know, getting to know him, it's just hilarious. Um, but if you're ever in the jungle with Dave, you might not want to be his tent mate because uh, he, he doesn't like to bathe in the river. Uh, or at least make sure you stay in a village uh, where there's some running water. Um, I, I, I know the smell of deep, that's for sure. Okay, so scent. Um, if you guys would, turn with me to uh, Matthew 28. And there in Matthew 28, um, we'll start in verse 16. It says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And yes, oh, excuse me, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Some things to notice here. Um, the doubt. The doubt stood out to me. So he, he's, he's speaking to his 11 disciples. And in speaking to the 11 disciples, it says some of them doubted. This word doubt, this is, this is one of two places that this word, word, is, word doubt is used. So really it's like a doubt. Um, it's like a doubt like they're pinching themselves. Like, am I dreaming? Because remember, this is the risen Christ. The risen Christ that is, you know, is, is, is talking to them right now. Uh, so it's, it's like, man, am I dreaming? 
uh, and they worshiped him. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Uh, we've got to see that. All of that authority flows from Jesus. All of it. Um, and in Matthew eleven twenty seven, 27, he can say that because in Matthew eleven twenty seven 27, it says, All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Jesus has the authority. He's the boss. Um, and then he says, uh, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations. Um, looking at uh, this, this make... So make, baptize, and teach. The, when we look at this in English, we get the go. It's like go. Go therefore and make disciples. The emphasis really is the make disciples. It should be something like this. If I said to you, hey, um, when you go to the store, pick me up a Pellegrino. The, the assumption is you're going to the store. And... The, the call to action is, pick me up a Pellegrino. It's the same here. It's like, hey, you're going to go. You're going to be doing the things that you're doing. And when you're doing that, make disciples. The making disciples is just part of what we do. So that's the what. That's the what we're doing. And then how do we do it? How we're doing it is, is we're baptizing and we're teaching. We're baptizing and teaching. Um, so that's the how. Looking at disciples. Um, Disciples are learners. So when you look at the word disciple, it's, it's, it's a learner. And so when we're making disciples, it's not, it's, it, it's not, okay, hey, you're gathering a lot of learners around you. Um, it, it is that. People are learning. But it's more than that because when you look at a disciple, a disciple really is like an apprentice. And, you know, the, the, it, if some of you are electricians or if you're in a, in a, in a field where, where, there's, um, where you have apprentices, apprentices, yeah, that word, uh, what the apprentice is doing is they're following their teacher. They're following their teacher um, and, and also in their life conduct. Um, and that's why, that's why Paul could say, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Again, he's pointing to Christ. And, and in the other, you know, in terms of teaching, and, 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 I, and I love this about our pastor, and it says it in Galatians 6.6. 6. Um, in Galatians 6.6, 6, uh, it says, let him who was taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. The more you're, the more you're in fellowship and the more that you get to know uh, the body, um, one of the, 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 the sharing in what's being taught is as, as our pastor grows in the Lord and he's pointing us to the Lord, you can see the difference. Um, so you can see uh, if, 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 you know, the suffering, the suffering that, uh, that he and his family had to go through, it's changed the ministry. Um, and, and we get to share in that. We get to share um, in that with, with our pastor. And in the baptizing, with the baptizing, the baptizing is a one-time event. And uh, I think it's, uh, is it the 15th is the baptism day? Um, so on the 15th is a baptism. Some of you may be feeling called to be baptized. And praise God, do it. And us as believers, it's, you know, when, you're, when you're baptized, you're making that public uh, profession of, hey, I'm going to be a disciple of Christ. And it's a big deal. And we get to rejoice with you. 
And, and, but again, that, the, the baptism is a one-time event, whereas the teaching is a lifetime affair. Um, and it takes a lifetime. Uh, it's a lifelong dedication to obey the Lord and teach others to obey him too. Um, and in sharing, you know, in sharing my testimony uh, with you guys, you know, tidbits, um, again, that, that the part about teaching is we have to be taught because there are things that have to be worked out in our life. And the grace that's involved in that, the grace that's involved in that is, is, is monumental. So tonight, um, so we're going to close. And um, if you don't know Jesus, there are going to be pastors and, and um, part of the prayer team that's going to be up here. Tonight's the night. Today is the day for salvation. You can make that confession. And if you need prayer tonight, um, do come up. And uh, there will be folks here to pray for you. We pray that you've been touched by this study from Calvary Aurora. For prayer or a copy of this study, call area code 303-628-7200. Be blessed this week in the Lord.